You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1083 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland. Coming to you on a Monday evening into Tuesday. And thank you, as always, for making the Lots on Hawks podcast your first listen each and every day. And remember that the Lots on Hawks podcast is also available on all platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, and Spotify. Today's podcast will lean into Media Day from Monday, an annual tradition for the Hawks and everybody across the NBA, where everyone kicks off the season basically in uh, official fashion. Uh, Nate McMillan talked to the media today for uh, the first time, uh, at least this season. And then all of the players went one by one throughout the day as well. Only one exception being Timothy Wabu-Cabarro, who's not arrived just yet due to a visa issue with the Hawks. But everybody else on the roster, Kevin invites all the way up to Trey Young, spoke to the media on Monday. And I will have all of sort of the news and notes from all of their discussions on the podcast today. So sort of a nuts and bolts episode going through all of what was said. Maybe not everything that was said, but uh, at least the highlights from each player and some takeaways that I had along the way. And then we'll wrap things up at the end. Look ahead to training camp, which again opens on Tuesday. So I'll start with Nate Millen here at the beginning of the podcast. If you might have seen it on the podcast feed right now, if you're a subscriber to the show, but I also dropped the full audio of Nate McMillan, who talked for about 22 minutes or so. On Monday. So if you want to hear all of this from Nate McMillan's mouth, feel free to check that out as well as download and subscribe and all that fun stuff. Um, if not, though, I will give you the highlights now. Um, he talked about the fact that several players have been in town and working at the facility since late August. So he seems pretty excited about that. Talked about how short the offseason was at the same time. Mentioned that as a good thing because that means the Hawks played deep into the season last year, which of course actually happened with a trip to the conference finals. He did make some uh, news along the way here. Um, Chris Gent, who is returning off of Lloyd Pierce's staff. And by the way, he was on Budenholzer's staff as well. Gent is a longtime assistant for the Hawks at this point in time. And McMillan said that he's also going to be the lead assistant coming into the season. So if you're looking for the number one guy on the bench other than McMillan, it will be Chris Gent, who's been around for quite a while with the Hawks. Also, he talks about Nick, Nick, Nick Van Exel, who's stepping in uh, to Marlon Garnett's shoes. Uh, McMillan actually praised Marlon Garnett. If you missed this, Garnett went to the Hornets in the offseason, um, and Van Exel was hired to replace him working with the guards, but he talked about Van Exel working with the guards and kind of praised Garnett's work with those guys as well. He poked fun of himself, actually, alongside Joe Prunty and New Hire and Chris Jett for being sort of old of those three guys, um, needing uh, his son, Jamel, who's also on the staff now, and Van Exel to sort of work with the younger players and be more energetic and all that fun stuff as well. Uh, as far as some player stuff that McMillan said on Monday... He praised DeLon Wright's versatility and noted he's been a longtime fan of DeLon Wright. That's not a huge surprise. He's a very uh, sort of Nate McMillan kind of player, a very solid vet, a two-way guy, etc. Uh, he praised Jalen Johnson for being very skilled along the way. And uh, I thought it was notable that he indicated that Johnson is uh, somebody who wants to be aggressive, particularly when grabbing and going off the glass. That's a huge strength of Jalen Johnson's. It's the ability to grab the ball and go 94 feet with his ball handling. That's one of his best traits offensively in particular is the fact that he can, he can handle the ball in space, make good decisions, uh, be a good passer, and he's such a good athlete that that's uh, something that pops and McMillan wants to see a lot of that this year. Um, he did say they were crossing their fingers is the way that he described it about extension talks with Kevin Herter. 
Obviously, McMillan's not a part of that necessarily directly, but I'm sure he has a voice in the room on all things, given how much power he's probably accrued from last season. And Herter, of course, is uh, you know being a foundational piece for the Hawks. And they talked about having that, that foundation of guys under contract, referencing Capella, as well as Trey Young, and then John Collins, etc. Guys who were signed up long-term. And then on the injury front, if you missed it from our last podcast, I, I talked about this with Travis Schlank revealing some stuff um, about some injuries on Friday. Um, McMillan was asked about all the guys who would be limited. That's Kevin Herter, Clint Capella, Bogdanovich, and Hunter. And McMillan said all of them should be, quote, ready to go come opening night, end quote. He's not sure how much or even if at all they'll play in the preseason on those four guys. Uh, he said that the Hawks are going to be practicing twice a day the next three days at the start of uh, um, training camp. And they actually have a game a week from today as I'm recording this. They have their opening preseason game. Obviously, that doesn't count, but only a week away. So a short training camp of basically those three two-a-day practices, and then you're going to game prep from that point forward. Um, of the injured group, though, McMillan said that all are going to participate on Tuesday in the first session except for Capella. So I'm not, I'm not really sure what to make of that, but keep that in mind along the way here. And McMillan also just emphasized sacrifice with regard to the depth the Hawks have. He talks about that being a strength, and I would definitely agree. The Hawks have a lot of strengths on this year's team, both top-end talent with Trey Young and others, but also their depth is really notable. They might be the deepest, deepest team in the league on paper. That's very uh, – I'm not sure you – know, they didn't say that, but I'm, I'm saying it. They're very, very deep. And obviously that being uh, a positive thing, but he also talks about the fact that some guys might not play as much as they want to play, etc. And also referenced a potential to even play a full second unit at times. I don't love that, but it's also kind of on brand with how things have operated in the past um, in certain segments. So I would not be, I would not be too, too surprised to see that. And you know, the biggest thing for me with regard to what Nate was talking about is the injury stuff. Um, and we'll, we're kind of all guessing, but Capella at least won't be playing on Tuesday. All these guys that we'll get into um, in, a, in a moment with, with Hunter and Herter gave updates on themselves that we'll touch on. But uh, there you go on that. Hopefully that's a, sort of a, a brief synopsis of what um, Nate McMillan had to say. And again, as a reminder, on the same feed right now on this podcast feed, you can find Nate's full presser, 20-plus minutes or so, uh, unedited for the most part. And you'll hear all of that if you'd like to do that on the same podcast feed. All right, before we dive into the players and there are a lot of them to get into on this podcast today. A word from our sponsors on the show, and the first of which is Sweatblock. There are a few things in life that just are not any fun to talk about, and one of them is excessive sweating. It's not fun for anyone to sweat through their shirt for no reason. I'm sure we've all dealt with this at some point in time, and while there are definitely bigger problems in the world, it can certainly feel like a big deal when it happens in the moment. And that's why you should check out Sweatblock and Iperspirant Wipes. Sweatblock is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You can simply apply it at night before you go to bed, and then after you go to bed, the next morning you can wake up, wash, and go about your day without worrying at all about sweat. Guaranteed. Sweatblock is doctor-created and doctor-recommended, and it works for up to seven days per use. There is also, by the way, a dry shirt guarantee, and if Sweatblock doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. It's manufactured in the USA. Sweatblock has a bestseller on Amazon and other places for the past decade. I know it might sound too good to be true, but it absolutely works. You can wear what you want to wear with confidence, and it really is an absolute must-have. If you or someone you know and love is dealing with this, you have to check out Sweatblock right now. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code Locked On, or check it out at a CVS near you right now. One more time, that is promo code Locked On at sweatblock.com for 20% off. Promo code Locked On at sweatblock.com. Today's podcast is also brought to you by RockAuto.com. 
Have you ever gone to a chain store looking for auto parts that fit your car? Is it maddening? Because it is for me. I know it has been in the past and it will be if I ever try that again. But frankly, I don't ever need to do that again because of rockauto.com. Rock Auto has been serving auto parts customers for 20 years at this point in time. And you could save time and money when you use Rock Auto. They have all kinds of auto parts that will fit your lifestyle, fit your preferences and the best part is you don't have to endure the pointless questioning from someone behind the counter who's only looking to sell you the one part or one kind of part that they have in their warehouse. RockAuto.com has everything you could possibly need from brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. And honestly, the prices are always reliably low for every customer and they really serve the do-it-yourselfer very, very effectively. You can go explore their website right now. It's very easy to use. You can find a solution to your auto parts needs in one place. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or your truck. And from there, you want to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you to them. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, and we'll dive into the players now as a reference but once before. TLC not available to speak to the media on Monday. And also, um, Gorgie Jang, Johnny Hamilton, and AJ Lawson were very brief, so I'm not really going to mention anything on those guys, but uh, nothing to report in terms of huge news. Jalen Okafor was a short one as well. He said he wants to prove that he's healthy as one of the goals in training camp. I talked about rebounding as a strength, or at least a potential strength or something. He wants to be a strength coming into the season. And McMillan, uh, I guess, told Orkafor to focus on that throughout training camp, and he'll be battling with TLC along the way as the Hawks had that third-slash-fourth center spot available with a Kong Wu on the shelf. Uh, Solomon Hill was one that's uh, always interesting to talk to, and Solo was not quite like his, uh, his hilarious self along the way. There was one joke, and he actually talked about being confused with Danilo Gallinari on a trip to Italy over the offseason, which is funny for obvious reasons. Um, he said he was looking for comfort in returning to Atlanta and in free agency and wants to win a championship. And I think the quote was, why mess up a good thing, quote, um, on Solomon Hill. So he talks about playing for home court advantage this year with the Hawks and talks about how much he values um, his relationship with Nate McMillan, uh, a guy who's obviously he's been with in multiple spots. And, you know, Solo is a, a hit in the locker room always, and his leadership has been well-documented. But he mentioned talking to DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish in particular as guys that he is close to from the same position, and he thinks the world is the way that he put it on both of those guys. And he mentioned sort of the fact that his door is always open as is his phone to anyone who needs anything from him. And I kind of joked because Solomon Hill is not as old as you I think he is, but he is well-respected and a great voice in the locker room, plus a guy who can sort of eat some innings for you on the floor if needed. Um, Akong Wu, obviously changing gears a little bit here, the biggest thing there is his rehab from the labrum surgery that he had in the offseason. He talked about his shoulder doing well. The quote was uh, that his rehab is going well. He's going to work his tail off, try to get this heels as fast as possible. He said it's, quote, very realistic, end quote, and, quote, a goal I have in mind, end quote, to return in December. As Travis Schlenk said, Akongwu is going to be having a personal goal to return in December. The team is probably closer to January at this point in time. Akongwu, though, referenced his birthday as a potential target date. That's actually December 11th. He'll be 21 years old on that day. So if you want to get aggressive with the timeline, that could be uh, as early as that, I suppose. But I'm always going to be skeptical. I think the Hawks would be careful with him because he is so young and such a, a top um, sort of, you know, top draft pick, all that stuff, and fantastic prospects. So be careful with him if necessary, but he seems to be at least right on schedule, if not ahead of schedule at this point in time. Skylar Mays 
talked about um, Summer League being valuable to him, playing extended minutes, playing through mistakes, etc., and building a rapport with Sharif Cooper and Jalen Johnson as some young guys who will be playing alongside them, both in Atlanta and College Park, potentially with, with Sharif this year on two-way contracts. Um, praise their talent and all that stuff. Not a huge interview from Schuyler in terms of length, but that's kind of was the headliner of that. And we'll end this uh, first segment with Trey Young. So Trey obviously went a little bit longer, a lot more questions about Trey, as you might expect. He talks about sort of his goal for the offseason being in the to be in the best shape possible coming into the year, focusing on that a lot in the last couple of months. He said that the Hawks are ready to, quote, shock the world again, end quote, and they, and they haven't really been hearing much nationally about the Hawks this year, sort of playing into that underlooked or uh, always overlooked, underappreciated factor that I think I know a lot of Hawks fans are feeling right now after their trip to the Final Four just haven't been talked about quite on the same level as other teams. He was asked about his next step in development on the floor, and he talked about not shooting enough mid-range shots, in his opinion, and trying to add that and, quote, perfect that, end quote, and just kind of making it harder on defenses by adding another area of the floor to defend this year for Trey Young. Now, I will say this. This is me talking now. I think he probably doesn't need to take more mid-range jumpers. Uh, mid-range jumpers. I know that's something that McMillan had uh, sort of given them the freedom to do, particularly Young and Bogdanovich and even Hunter when he was around, um, even Herter. Uh, mid-range is definitely more emphasized under McMillan than it was. Um, Trey is one of the rare players in the league, though, to where shooting more long twos is not necessarily a bad thing. You know, most of the time, long twos are not high percentage shots, which is why, you know, the analytics, the numbers, and the math on those are not great. With that said, Trey is such a good shooter that he actually can be good in that range, which is helpful. I do think, and I said this on my podcast and on Nate Duncan's podcast over the weekend, I think Trey needs to take more threes. Um, his three-point rate went down last year. Uh, he needs to be more aggressive hunting those, in my opinion, and I'm not sure that trading those for long twos is the greatest example in the world. But I do think that Trey's overall point of being a three-level scorer is important, and he did shoot 53% on long twos last year. That's probably not sustainable because basically nobody does that. You know, maybe KD and like Dirk in his prime could shoot that level on a consistent basis. But Trey is a great shooter in that range. So maybe if he gets some, you know, if, if it's an open like walk into a jump shot from that range, that's a pretty good shot for Trey Young. So not the worst thing in the world. I think, though, if, in my personal opinion, he should be shoot, shooting more threes. But um, I was sort of intrigued that he talked about that as a, as a priority this year to learn and, and kind of expand his game in that area. He talked about his extension being something that was exciting for him, called it a blessing, of course, uh, to be locked up long-term and you know, have that security and good not to have to worry about it, sort of focusing on basketball instead of that sort of a theme for a lot of guys that got paid this offseason. Um, he actually asked, he was asked about being a villain, and uh, he said he doesn't really think, think of himself that way, but he, he did say sort of with a smile that uh, it was a, quote, maybe in one arena, end quote, with regard to, uh, obviously, MSG. He didn't say that, but that was, that was clearly the implication there with that. And uh, he praised Alon Wright as well as sort of the one guy he talked about in particular that he was asked about, talking about his versatility. He said that Wright was a tough cover for him and others when he's playing in other spots and the fact that he can guard both positions. And he seemed to be pretty happy with Alon Wright being on board in Atlanta. So uh, sort of a wide-ranging Trey interview, obviously. I'm sure you saw some clips at this point in time if you're listening to this podcast. But um, definitely, you know, seems to be excited and upbeat about the season. And uh, the shock the world comment certainly made the rounds as it should. I think he's a very confident guy. And I expect a massive season from Trey Young, as you might expect. All right, before we get to the rest of the players that are coming fast and furious on the podcast today, a word from our sponsors on the show, and the first of which is Built Bar. 
With Built Bar, there are so many delicious flavors that there's always something for everyone, and honestly, it's difficult to pick just one. If you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're always passionate about their favorites, but for me, I have more than one, quite frankly. If you don't know all the Built Bar flavors at this point in time, you're absolutely missing out. They have coconut, they have cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, German chocolate, and my personal favorite has to be cookies and cream. It's been that way for a long time, but even with my affection for cookies and cream, there are other options that are honestly just about as good, and really they're fantastic for everyone that enjoys Built Bar. In addition to being extremely tasty, and Built Bar is extremely tasty, they're also very, very healthy. They have 17 to 18 grams of protein. The calorie range is 130 to 180. They only have four or five grams of sugar, and they only have four or five grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors all the way across the board. They're all tasty, and they're all healthy. If you order today, they get the grass popper cookie or the raspberry or whatever you like. And if you go to built.com and use the promo code locked on, you're 15% off your order with Built Bar. Use the promo code locked on, 15% off at built.com. Today's podcast is also sponsored by betonline.ag. BetOnline is back and better than ever. All eyes right now are on the gridiron with football teams across the country back on the field starting another season. And as always, BetOnline is the number one spot for all the professional and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more props, odds, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for all things football. Head to the website right now or use your mobile device on today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That is double, yes, double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100. That is promo code NFL100 to have that double your initial deposit. For football, basketball, boxing, and all of your favorite casino games, as well as golf, tennis, baseball, MMA, etc., don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for you right now and throughout the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, we'll dive into Danilo Gallinari now to start this last section on the podcast. He was asked about the next steps for the team and said he doesn't want to put too much pressure on anybody, but he did say the next step sort of logically is championship contention, which I think makes a lot of sense, even though if you don't always want to say that out loud. You know, Gallo kind of couched it, but that's a logical progression. In a, at least in terms of goals and next steps. He was talked about um, the rivalry with the Knicks, potentially. And he said it was a good playoff series, of course, and we'll see what happens next, next year. He, of course, was in New York um, to start his career. He was drafted by the Knicks, so he talked about that as well and said it's always great to play against them. But the budding rivalry talk, that kind of stopped there for the most part. And he did say um, he was one of the guys that uh, cited, I guess he was the only one on this day that cited this stat. But one of my favorite lines that I've shared, I know a number of times, dating back to last year, but if you're a new listener to the podcast, I talked about this a lot. There was exactly one game last season in which the Hawks had their entire rotation from the preseason available. That means, you know, Reddish and Hunter and Gallinari and Bogdanovich and Young and Collins and Capella, etc. There was one game last year out of 72 when they had that entire group available. And Gallinari said that when he was asked about sort of how it might look when everybody's healthy. So I was glad to hear him say that because it was something I've been looking at and talking about for a long time. But a good reminder, if you not already know that, basically, because I know it's not been a huge national talking point, but the Hawks were not healthy for much of last year, and sort of keeping the guys in roles and stuff like that will be key this season. Uh, Jalen Johnson spoke, of course, um, and the first-round pick talked about working on his jump shot and his handle and every aspect of his game in the offseason. He said he's working on his craft every day, of course. Um, he sort of illuminated that he's actually been getting pointers and advice from John Collins in working out before training camp. That's a good sign, I think, for Hawks fans. Um, you know, same position for the most part at the four. 
And he talked about how they've had some open runs. And his top takeaway from this open runs is the fact that the Hawks are, quote, going to be good, end quote. So I think that's a probably good good sign for Jalen Johnson, who seems to be a very confident guy as well. He talks about his mindset being to do, quote, whatever Coach McMillan asks me, end quote, which is a good thing to hear from a rookie, of course, trying to make his way in the league. And he wants to play against all the top guys. Talked about being excited to play against LeBron. And the fact that he'll be able to play against him is uh, kind of surreal is the way that he put it on this day. Um, Cam Reddish um, obviously is now healthy for the first time in a while. You know, he came back in the, in the playoffs, no other injury stuff heading into the offseason for him. So not a huge surprise, but he talks about being hundred percent healthy and that he feels great. Uh, that's obviously notable after the, sort of the ups and downs of last year. He said he spent most of the offseason back in Philadelphia on uh, getting some good work in with his trainer. That's a good sign as well. He was asked about his jump shot and his finishing and which was sort of which one was the biggest priority in terms of uh, what was going to be improving for Cam this year. He talked about the jump shot as the more important thing to improve on and how I've sort of been focusing on. And just for some numbers sake here, um, he shot 26% from three last year. That's a small sample size, but still did not go very well. And for his career, 31% from three. Also career 35.7% on long two. So his jump shot has a long way to go. It looks good when it goes in for sure, but that's something that I think he uh, acknowledged that he's going to have to uh, lock in and have that be important to have sort of unlock his development offensively. So, there you go on that. Not a whole lot from Cam, but um, obviously it, it's sort of the headliner that he's going to be healthy and ready to go as well as uh, working on the jump shot in the offseason. Um, Lou Williams uh, talked about there's sort of one of the themes, I thought, of the entire day. And if you listen to the entire thing, you certainly would have taken this away as well. There were lots of questions about the Hawks being underdogs and not underdogs anymore, basically, heading into this year. And all the vets... Uh, including Lou, talked about how they won't be overlooked anymore by opposing teams. He said that he expects the Hawks to get the best punch from every team in the league. And quote, as a group, we have to understand that the route is going to be a little bit harder, end quote. So that makes a lot of sense to me. Obviously, the Hawks are uh, better on paper than they were a year ago. I believe that in full totality because they're still the same core plus some better role players around them. But still, uh, obviously getting the better sh- a better shot from every team on the schedule is going to be a challenge that I think Lou and Gallinari and those guys have seen around the league. He talked about being uh, sort of how, how, sort of how it made sense to return to the Hawks in free agency. A chance to be close to family, as, of course. Talked about the continuity and how he enjoyed his time in Atlanta after the trade. And he, th- he basically said that anything positive individually is a cherry on top for him at this point. He's just trying to, he's trying to win championships. Doesn't have, much le- doesn't, doesn't have much left to prove individually was something he said a couple times in his availability and uh, just wanted to win titles and be a leader and all that fun stuff. Um, he likes to sort of still build that rapport with Trey Young, which he seems to be enjoying. He talked about Sharif as a local guy and somebody he could work with this year, as well as all of the backcourt guys in particular is what he likes to sort of impart his wisdom. Lou is an old vet. That was definitely the feel that he gave off today as well. But he did talk about um, having goosebumps with the playoff crowd. Of course, Lou is from the Atlanta area and had been here previously. And actually, he was not trying to, I don't think, take a shot. But he did say that it was not quite the same um, fan involvement in his first stint, and they were pretty good in his first stint as well. They were still like, that was a playoff team, but I think uh, he's echoed what many have said that sort of the fan experience right now is uh, more invested, it seems like, and a little bit more raucous than it was back in that time period, which he kind of pointed out. He also took a shot, and at least a, a, a sort of a laughing shot at Trey Young's wrestling skills, and joked about that. He said he got a good laugh from Trey appearing in the wrestling world in the offseason, which was kind of a funny moment for Lou. Um, Bogdan Madanovic talked for a while, as you might expect. He said his his big goal was that he was expecting to play every single game this season, 
and talked about his main goal being to stay healthy and be available as much as possible. He spent the offseason working on his body. That's obviously a good thing. Um, you know, coming in, you know, he had the knee thing last offseason and, you know, into the playoffs and had, had a non-surgical procedure and all that stuff. He's on the list of guys who Schlenk said are not full go at this point in time. He talks about being healthy at this point, so he seems to be upbeat about that. Um, he sort of took a different tack than others in this sort of embraced last season. Bogey thinks that the Hawks should just kind of forget last season and uh, set new goals to try to reach them for this year. I think it, at least the way that it felt to me, was that he was just trying to say they can't rest on last year's performance. They have to focus on this year more than anything else. And he said, now it's on us. He's happy that they get to sort of bring the entire band back together, but they know what they can do and what they have to be better at, et cetera, this year. And he did say one goal for this year for him and the team is to take home court advantage in the regular season. That's obviously um, would be an uptick because as crazy as it is, the Hawks made the conference finals without home court last year. They were, they were actually on the road um, to start the game one against the uh, Knicks and the entire rest of the way from there. Um, DeLon Wright was pretty brief in his first immediate availability since uh, coming over and all that fun stuff. Um, he says he wants to be come in and sort of come in and be a good teammate. Do what he knows what don't do and he knows how to do and all that stuff off the bench. And he did think the Hawks um, had a good run in the playoffs. Of course, was pretty impressed by that. And now the whole league though is on notice. It's something that I did sort of mention a second ago. That all the vets, including Wright, um, think that the Hawks would be on notice and the rest of the league will be more ready for them this time around. Uh, Clint Capella is one that is interesting to get into, which I'll talk about now. He revealed that his Achilles issue that he had the PRP injection in in the offseason is something that he, quote, kind of played with it the whole season last year, end quote. I'll stop there and say if there was one uh, ominous line of the entire day, that was probably it for me and Capella. Um, Just because the fact that Yes, he was awesome last year, but he's a you know he's a big center. He's not the youngest guy in the world anymore. Playing with a real Achilles issue is not great. Of course, they they sort of made the steps to deal with that because Schlenk talks about this on Friday that they, that he had PRP injection. At the same time, he's not quite ready. He's also the only guy of those four that are recovering to not be participating on Tuesday for McMillan. So some conflicting information, of course. Everyone still is on the same page to talk about him being ready for the regular season. But still, the fact that he had sort of dealt with that all year last year is a little bit scary. Um, he said he's getting better every day, ramping up still, but it's, quote, not there yet, end quote, on the Achilles. So Capella is a huge, huge piece of this team, particularly the defense, of course. And uh, they were not going to be the same without him if he can't play. So keep that in mind. Keep an eye on him in the next couple of days and weeks. And I expect him to not play uh, much at all in the preseason. So we'll keep an eye on that. Um, he talked about the same thing everybody else has been talking about with um, – Everybody keeping an eye on the Hawks closely this year. The quote was, every night, every team will circle the day on their calendar, wherever they are, to know that we're coming into town, end quote. He said he's pretty confident the entire time that Collins would return to Atlanta, and he's happy to have that, as well as Trey locked up long term. It talks about the uh, the fact that he takes pride in his own defense and his impact on that end of the floor. And the other thing that he said that was kind of uh, not, not exactly out on a limb too much, but it was noteworthy the way that he said it, Capella said that he can, quote, guarantee that the Hawks will be back in the playoffs this year and be a winning team. Now, obviously, the projection for the Hawks is a winning team this year and a playoff appearance, so it's not like it's a huge limb. But uh, if for a long time, Hawks fans, you'll remember this, but the 2002-2003 season for the Hawks was the famed playoff guarantee season. 
preseason where the Hawks organization offered season ticket holders a, a refund if they didn't make the playoffs, and they did not make the playoffs. They were actually the 11 seed that year. With that said, this is a much better team than that one. It was just something that popped into my head. I, a couple of long, long-time Hawks fans had that in their head as well along the way. But Capella was not shy in the playoffs about talking some noise in the direction of the Knicks in particular and the Sixers. Um, this sort of feeds on that. Capella's not exactly shy in this quote either. You know, the guarantee of the playoff thing isn't crazy, but uh, you can bet if the Hawks are on the edge at some point in the season of playoff contention, it, this might come up. They guaranteed that on this on the stage. But I, I liked it. I think it's good that, that they have the confidence to do that, and Clint is uh, someone who can back it up. He's very, very good, of course. Um, DeAndre Hunter was was sort of brief. He's not a guy that talks a ton in general, but he gave an update on, on his injury stuff. He said he's feeling pretty good and that he is, quote, almost back to 100%, end quote. But he'll obviously see how he feels during training camp. He has no idea, though, about restrictions and like that at this point in time with regard to playing in the regular season. And he said he wants to just sort of improve on every aspect and be an all-around player. He said he prides himself on being an all-around player on both ends of the floor. So Hunter has been out for the longest time. Of course, he had the clean-up meniscus injury, um, sorry, surgery in the offseason. So uh, that was the guy that we kind of knew might be limited early in the year, but we'll see what happens with regard to Hunter and how he is looking in the early days, but it was encouraging to see him, at least uh, hear him talked about being close to 100% at this point in time. Uh, Kevin Herter, another guy who is limited right now with the ankle, and he said after the playoffs, he thinks a week later or so, he had his ankle cleaned up and had a lot of soreness over the course of last season. Nothing that kept him out of the lineup, obviously, but something he was dealing with for a long time. Nothing major is the way he put it, a clean out, and he thinks he's 95% is the way that he put it right now already. That's obviously a pretty good sign. Um, also, it's encouraging that the, that the surgery slash cleanup was right after the season, so that's a longer timeline to recover. That's always a positive. He gave a very standard answer on the extension talks. He said he's hopeful and uh, you know all that stuff. No, no guarantees, etc. So nothing surprising there. We'll have to keep our fingers uh, crossed on that one if you are the Hawks. Um, he's excited about having some carryover on the roster, having a similar group coming back. And uh, it said there'll be a lot of competition, of course, on the team, and that they'll be very deep, and that'll be a strength of the roster. And then one of the goals that he said was being consistent this season, of sort of being available every night. Last year he was basically available all year long. It was one of the more durable guys on the roster a season ago. But also mentioned finishing better at the rim, both around and through contact, and over guys that are smaller than him, of course. And uh, talked about his mid-range game feeling comfortable in the playoffs. As you might remember, in the Philly series, in Game 7 in particular, he just kind of took Seth Curry to the woodshed with mid-range jump shots and using his length. And Herter is a legitimate 6-7, which is very, very helpful in the Hawks' offense. Uh, two more guys, and then we'll get out of here on this fine Monday. Uh, Sharif Cooper is second to last on the agenda. And Cooper talked about how he's very uh, very comfortable and very important to be in summer league, work on the verbal language, being around the guys, also playing against pros, trying to carry that over. He's been in Atlanta the entire time, basically, since summer league, he said, working on on stuff and training, building on some 5 and 5 stuff, building chemistry. He's working with Nick Van Exel already on stuff, and he's encouraging him to get arc in his jump shot. That's probably encouraging for me because that's obviously the biggest question for Cooper offensively as a jumper. And then he's working on being stronger and more mature physically and mentally uh, on the floor. And he also talked about some players that he's been focusing on um, and sort of learning things from and watching things from on tape and stealing things from. He talks about Chris Paul, both his uh, sort of balance of scoring and passing and his ability to do both. Talks about Trey and how Trey navigates screens and draws fouls and uses his extended shooting range. And then Kyrie Irving's ability to finish and attack the rim and get into the paint, finishing at all levels, scoring at all levels, and all of that fun stuff. 
Um, and lastly, John Collins uh, was the last player that spoke to the media on Monday. He talked about how critical it is for the Hawks' young core to have uh, sort of be in place and build on it. He praised Travis Schlank for keep, keeping everybody together, including himself. He said it's great to have the contract stuff out of the way now. He can just focus on basketball and try to be the best player that he can possibly be. He's looking on um, looking to be more creative and adding ways to score efficiently around the rim, is what he said, and also bringing the defensive effort and the energy nightly this season for the Hawks. Um, his you know the goal basically to win at the highest level of the organization. Not a huge surprise there. He was asked about free agency if he got down the line with any teams. He said it didn't get any get, didn't get too far was the quote on any other team in free agency. Quote, nothing really tangible. Now, not a huge surprise there. You know, pretty quickly it was reported or at least um, spoken about in public that, you know, Collins' market was not was not too robust at the level because the Hawks were basically expected to match any reasonable offer. And it became like all the money dried up and he was kind of like over a barrel in some respects. And the Hawks kind of uh, probably could have squeezed him a little bit more. But regardless, it seems like he had some conversations, but nothing too tangible is the way that he was putting that at this point in time. Um... And finally, he talked about the underdog label as well. He was asked about that and echoed a lot of the veteran sentiment about how they're not underdogs anymore, basically, and how teams will be more prepared and focused against them. And he talks about how the defense, in, in particular, can take a jump with Hunter and Reddish back and healthy. And finally, he's extremely excited, is the way he put it. That's a quote about having the same group back, particularly with Nate McMillan at the helm and having that consistency. And obviously, they had the success last year with Nate and uh, this similar roster. So everyone seems to be in good spirits about that. Okay, I know that's a lot of words, a lot of uh, news and notes to hit on there, um, player for player. Um, like I said, this is you know two and a half hours, maybe longer, of audio, so not really a practical way to pass it all along to you. So I sort of did the work for you, made the highlights, uh, tweeted out a lot of stuff as well, but um, just made bullets and wanted to share them alongside with you. Um, as I said at the top of the podcast, there is a separate a piece of audio on the podcast feed about Nate McMillan's 25 minutes or so of podcast audio, but the players are obviously quite long and quite choppy from player to player, so uh, we'll leave it there for now. If you have questions, I'm, I will feel free to answer them at BT Rowan on Twitter, as well as at Locked on Hawks on Twitter. If you're a new listener, welcome aboard. It will not, it will not always be uh, me simply rattling off stuff that transpired. I will get into game analysis as well as the latest news, and I'll have guests on the podcast, etc., a programming note, uh, as I said last week on the podcast, I actually have a wedding later on this week, so I'll, I'll have at least one or two more episodes between now and then, but it will not be into the weekend as I'm going to be off the grid for wedding purposes. But I'll be back again next week to dive into all of what transpires in the games that will be happening. Even if they don't count, there's plenty to evaluate from for the preseason, so we'll have a lot of fun with that. Um, please subscribe and then unsubscribe and resubscribe, whatever you can do to uh, game a system to help us out, as well as downloading old episodes and listening to those, uh, download on multiple devices. I'm not above asking asking for some creativity to support the podcast. Thank you so much for all of the support that you've already, already given us. If you're a subscriber, thank you very much. But uh, please go ahead and follow us on Twitter, as I said before, at Locked on Hawks, and tell your friends about the podcast. It should be a fun season. This is actually year 10. For me, covering the Hawks, this is my ninth media day. I started covering the Hawks in the middle of the 2012-13 season. So it's been a while, but um, lots of media days along the way. I've been covering the team for basically a decade at this point in time. It's been a long time. A lot has changed, but it should be pretty interesting this year. And obviously, the expectations are quite high for this group. So uh, buckle up. We are officially in season mode at this point in time. Camp is going to be happening on Tuesday. So we'll have all of the news and notes from that. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'll follow those off. In, uh, in live sequences, but I'll also update you on the podcast along the way as well. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll see you all next time.